This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Good morning. So we are beginning a new chapter today in the Uddhav Gita. This is chapter eleven. Last time we had ended chapter ten, in which uh, Krishna was describing the different kinds of. the powers that are there how they attracted and this time we are doing the different forms of the lord which means when the lord krishna himself has to take a form what are the different manifestations what exactly is he represented in this world as so let us begin this chapter uddhav gita chapter 11 verse 1 uddhava said thou art the supreme brahma in visible form without beginning or end and uncovered thou art the cause of the protection maintenance death and birth of all beings now uddhava who is a friend of sri krishna knows very well that krishna is the almighty god himself krishna is the almighty god himself and after knowing this he has to find out exactly how does krishna come about doing his job in this world there are various things which happen in this world right from the creation onwards till the destruction there is an entire range of activities that happen how are they covered what exactly is done by the divine himself so he says you are the supreme brahma now brahma by itself is the unmanifest divinity brahma is unmanifest divinity and because brahma is the unmanifest divinity manifestation means taking a form is very very important so what are these forms is these questions going to be now we know basically three things when we worship the first is there is a creator somebody who creates he is known as brahma not the brahma that we are talking about brahma ji brahma ji is his creator then we have a sustainer sustainer in the form of he takes care of when whatever that is created in this world has to sustain itself that can, comes under another entity called vishnu and then we have the third one which is called a destroyer the destroyer is called shiva now what is uddhava saying to krishna he says you are the super boss of all these things also so you are that 
supreme brahma invisible form he is visible he can be seen krishna is visible in this material world what exactly does this mean there is a brahma which is the invisible one to maintain that krishna is the visible one but how can this krishna be the same as that paramatma because remember paramatma is greater than the brahma also higher so his understanding over here uddhava's understanding over here is krishna is that invisible brahma and also beyond that who is beyond birth and death remember there are three gods the creator the sustainer and the destroyer which means anything that is created in this created world universe has to get destroyed so there is always a birth and then there is a death so these two things are always there anything that is born has to die you know that very well in your own life that governments come governments go companies come companies go the seasons come the seasons go you know that entire thing which happens the year begins and the year ends people are born and people die this is a very very regular phenomena in our world visible world visible means that which we can see touch feel which we can understand verse 2 says o lord in beings high and low the brahman brahmanas worship thee as thou art but thou art unknown to less fortunate people so here uddhava is saying see my dear lord there are very few people who actually know you people who are very common folks in this material world absolutely the common ones and by the way common means 99.9% of the people okay these are common folks they are material worldly people they have not much idea about all these gods and creations and this and that and what do these people do they go and pray to some god hardly realizing what they are doing so what happens is their parents their grandparents their society and everybody around is teaching them go and pray to this god so they go and they pray to some god over there and say god please give me this please do this please do this and please do this they go with a list of demands somebody who is studying will go with a list of demands saying that god please help me pass this examination somebody who is not married will say god please can you help me get married and everywhere you will find that people this is the ignorant ones which i am talking about 99.9% people in this world 
they believe that there is some god over there who is going to help them get a child get a good rank get money get power and finally they ask for something very unusual that is called moksha liberation so these people who really do not understand for them uddhava is asking the question to krishna all right so he says the brahmanas the knowers of brahma they understand who you are because they have reached a destination they are sages saints those kind of people they know you but what about the rest of the common folks they don't know you so i would like you to elaborate on this tell me this verse 3 from chapter 11 of the uddhav gita this is a short chapter by the way and we should be finishing it as soon as possible tell me in what beings the highest sages worship thee reverentially and thereby attain to perfection so these people they also worship you in which way do they worship you the brahmanas and all can you please tell me so that i who am an ignorant person can also do that kind of a worship so can you please tell me what is this form of yours that i need to worship here let me tell you if there is no form it is very difficult to worship someone the problem happens when if you ask a person what is it that you would like to eat and the person says oh let me think about it you know and he will keep on dwelling in his mind it's a very simple thing you know if you go to any standard restaurant there is a fixed menu <laughs> you know the menu card is there there is a fixed menu and this person is used to eating a standard stuff very very standard stuff if you go to an indian restaurant most of the people will order idli dosa and all those kind of stuff all right and yet he will ask for the menu knowing fully well that this restaurant serves only 20 items and then he'll go over it over and over and over again till he finally says okay get me some idlis you already know yourself those who go to all these fast food restaurants also they know very well what is it that they are going to eat but yet they will look at the menu go over it 10 times you know the confusion that is there in human being <laughs> we don't know what to eat also and yet we do so here even after the menu is there you don't have that idea of decision making now think about it i just tell you okay tell me what you want to eat there is no menu card over here okay no menu card <laughs> uh the person will keep on thinking do you see the difficulty which a human being has they cannot arrive at decision they cannot even understand where the items are known to them 
but now think about the unknown. If I ask you a question, how do the aliens look like? Uh, I don't know. I can think of Mr. Spock. I, you know, all those people who are from some film or somewhere. Uh, Yoda, I can think of that. Oh, or maybe I can think of the alien. But that is not how aliens are. That is somebody's imagination. So got it? Now think exactly what Uddhava is asking for. He says, you are that unmanifest divinity. Unmanifest. That means there is no form. How does a person pray to a no form? It is strange, isn't it? Nobody has seen God. The formless God. Has anybody seen? Nobody has seen. So how does that formless God look like? See, he is formless. How will he look like? This is a dichotomy everybody has. So to make it easier for everyone, Uddhava is asking this question. Let me go back and tell you what are these things which Uddhava has been asking. This scripture is from the Srimad Bhagavatam. The Uddhav Gita is from the scriptures Srimad Bhagavatam. Parikshit is being told the stories by Sukhdev. Sukhdev is the son of Vyasmuni. So Vyasdev's son Sukhdev is telling the story to Parikshit when Parikshit is dying. This has come from a scripture which is called the Srimad Bhagavatam. In that scripture there is a section where Sri Krishna is meeting Uddhava. It is the other way around. Uddhava is meeting Sri Krishna. <laughs> because Sri Krishna is dying. And remember Sri Krishna had given a very beautiful exposition in a book called the Bhagavad Gita. Everybody knows Bhagavad Gita. So Bhagavad Gita was 700 verses, 18 chapters. It was recited. It was literally told to Arjuna by Sri Krishna in the battlefield of Kurukshetra. But that is how to fight a war, how to live in this world. Hmm? How to become really great. Whereas Uddhava in this Uddhava Gita is asking Krishna a much broader perspective about life. He started with different different things. We have covered the entire gurus of my Gurudev Dattatre also. So it is a much broader text, a spiritual text, which needs to be understood by every human being. And it is Sri Krishna who is telling Uddhava, for what reason? How to live in this world? What is a person supposed to do? Every aspect of the life is covered. And just not one small aspect of winning somewhere, but also how to live in this world. And attain God also. 
everything is mentioned in this scripture. So we are doing this scripture called Uddhav Gita. Currently we are in chapter 11. So now we will progress towards verse 4. So I have given you a rough understanding of what this is. Verse 4, Uddhav Gita, the last message of Sri Krishna. O thou originator of the universe, as the self of all, thou roamest hidden in all beings, deluded by you. Creatures do not see you, but you see them all. So Uddhava is telling Sri Krishna, he says, from you everything came. From Krishna, everything has come. So I was giving you an understanding of who this Krishna is. This Krishna, which we are talking about, who is giving this exposition to Uddhava, is a born entity. He has taken birth. But he is also the one who is called as the Supreme Lord. The Supreme Divine Consciousness. The Supreme God that we talk about. He is the same God who has taken birth now. Got it? And that is why Uddhava is telling him. So he says you are the originator of the universe. This whole universe is your own creation. You are also the self of all those who roam. Hidden in all beings. See, we have one understanding. It's a very common understanding which every individual has. They say these words, God is in you. Without actually realizing what they are talking about. The God is in you. Is it? How is the God in you? From which angle do you look like a God's creation or whatever? You know, you are a normal human being. Doesn't even have this much of anything, quality of a God. And yet, it is meant that God is in everything. Even the leaves do not move without the in the order of God. They say these words. Everything happens in this world because of this God. So how is this God represented inside every human being? So he is represented by the word called self. S-E-L-F. Self. Now, just a little backtracking. The self is the one which we have to discover. I am not saying invent. I am saying discover. Discover means you have to find this self. What you know about is called I, me, myself. You, she, it. You know those kind of which we say as the self, yourself and so on and so forth. But what is this self? So God is represented in every sense, that is human being also, as the self. So the one who says, my name is so and so, is not the self. No. You are talking about the name of the body. Right? Every B-O-D-Y body has a name. Correct? Now let us say if the name of the body 
is Ritik. Let us say. Okay. Ritik Roshan. Okay, like that. Ritik. So, where does Ritik stay? I am not talking about he staying in Mumbai, but in this body, where does this Ritik stay? Ask yourself this question. Where do you stay? So, the answer is, we try to find the answer. Do I stay in the heart? No. Because we say it is Ritik's heart, isn't it? Ritik's eyes, Ritik's ears, Ritik's hair, Ritik's teeth, Ritik's body, Ritik's hands, Ritik's legs. Okay, 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 I understand. Where does Ritik, where is this Ritik then? And this is the deeper study. You can keep on going inwards and inwards and inwards and inwards and try to find where this, this Ritik stay. And still you will not find the answer. You will say it is Ritik's body. Got the answer? And yet you can't find him. So when you do all this kind of a mental gymnastics, you will then arrive at the understanding, I don't know where he stays. Okay? So the answer to all this is, Who is this Ritik? Who is this self? It's a question, not an answer. So the question is, who is this self? You can put your name instead of Ritik's and say, who is this person? That's difficult to understand. So, this person who has taken over the body, that means this body from top to bottom, is the self. Right? And he calls himself by that name or herself, whoever. So if this person is calling himself or herself by that name, so that name is localized to the body only. <laughs> localized only inside the body. I can say the body belongs to this person. But there are other people around you. They will also do the same exercise. They will also try to find out who they are. And finally the answer is everybody has the self. So the self with individual names is different. It is specific to that body. But if I take it collectively, collectively, it will be definitely a big self, isn't it? I'm trying to make it as easier as possible, okay? <laughs> so the understanding is, so this self which identifies with that body is the divine self. So that God within you is the self. Alright? Think like that. So, you are the self that roams hidden in all beings. Nobody understands this answer also. 
the self which is inside every human being nobody knows who this self is so i hope you understood that self which is not known to anybody still can't find him inside the whole body if i make small bits of a body also i still can't find that person and yet he is there yet he accepts responsibility yet he says yes i am so and so and that i is still not found that is the hidden one and everybody is deluded by you nobody understands everybody is deluded by all these things you know who is this self man i don't understand <laughs> because the creatures do not see you nobody sees you who is this self who can see you nobody can see you you are that god who is invisible but is still there in the body of every human or creature that is there even the animals have isn't it if i try to find now if i have a dog okay and if i ask him where is the no no name of the dog is suppose um say tim or something like that where is tim i don't know so tim also will not know where is tim you can say these are the ears of tim these are the noses this is the nose of tim and but you still can't find him so the self is there in every creature every being and yet nobody will see it we move to verse 5 oh you of wonderful form tell me all those manifestations that you have projected on earth in heaven in the nether regions and in all quarters i bow to your lotus feet in which are centered all holy places so uddhava is telling krishna see i am of a very lesser mind you know i really don't have that much of brains so please tell me what are these forms of yours where the self is distributed i want to know you are in so many forms so can you please explain to me where do i find you in these wondrous forms of yours which you have projected on this earth which you have taken these different different forms in you have come on this in this world and you have taken a form so can you please explain to me who you are as i know in which place is not only on this earth but in the heavens and the nether worlds also you are the same person you are the same god who is there in the heavens as well as the nether worlds as well as the earth so all these three put together you are there in that so can i understand what are you and where are you at your lotus feet all the holy places are there he says i'm bowing to your lotus feet i want to touch your feet and i want to humbly ask you why do i have to touch your lotus feet because all the kshetras every holy place is at your feet only all right now sri krishna is going to answer him so we are doing the uddhav gita chapter 11 verse 6 the lord said 
you are skilled in questioning. This very question I was asked by Arjuna about to fight his enemies at Kurukshetra. I just now explained to you that even Arjuna to whom Krishna has given the Bhagavad Gita had asked this question. So it is literally like a repetition of what was told in the Bhagavad Gita over here also. So let us say there are lots of people who might not have attended my Bhagavad Gita satsangs. You know that. Bhagavad Gita satsangs I conduct every Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock. Right? So you can attend them also. Here also it's the same, literally the same. But this is far more advanced than Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita is a smaller text. This is a much larger text. But I am still doing the same question which was asked by Arjuna over there to Krishna. And here Uddhava, you are asking that question and you are a smart fellow. (laughs) So, the next verse 7 and 8 is there. From the Uddhava Gita, Sri Krishna is answering Uddhava. This is chapter 11. Okay, 7 and 8 verse. When under the popular impression, I am the slayer and other is slain, he considered the killing of his relatives for the sake of kingdom as a despicable sin and turned away from that. And then on the eve of the battle, I roused that valiant soul through reasoning and he then addressed me exactly as you have done. So Krishna is giving Uddhava the same understanding. He says, you know the story of the Bhagavad Gita. In the Bhagavad Gita, it so happened that Arjuna had laid down his arms and said, I am not going to fight. Why? Because my own relatives are fighting with me. Because my own relatives are fighting with me, my uh, gurus also are there. You see, Bhishma Pitama is there, Dronacharya is there, my elders are there, my Cousin brothers are there. Everybody is fighting this battle. And I don't want to kill anybody. Why should I kill anybody? I don't want this killing and all that. I hate this killing. And he was showing that he doesn't want to fight this war. And he told it to his Sarthi. Sarthi is the one who is driving him around. There were chariots at that time. So the chariots were driven by Sri Krishna for Arjuna. Alright. So he was called the Sarathi. So Arjuna is telling his Sarathi Krishna. Krishna you see I don't want to fight this war. You know it's not good. So Krishna who is the Sarathi. The driver. In every human being as well. The God within you. You are only looking at your body. You have that essence of God which is there within you. He is the one who reminds you of most of the things. Isn't it? Sometimes he comes as a conscious. My conscience is telling me not to do this thing. Isn't it? Sometimes he comes as a conscience. Sometimes he comes as a decision maker. So that little voice inside, that little thing inside, which we call as the God's voice within every human being. So he is there within you. So Krishna is there within every human being. The God within, we say. Isn't that what we are trying to find out? The God within. 
So the same God who is the Sarathi, the driver of Arjuna in the story of the Mahabharata. So in this battle of Kurukshetra, Krishna gave a fantastic advice that is in the form of the Bhagavad Gita which is 18 chapters and 700 verses long. So he has given an understanding to Arjuna. So he says, When under the popular impression I am the slayer and the other is the slain, he considered the killing of his relatives for the sake of kingdom as a despicable sin. So Arjuna had thought, Oh, I should not be killing anybody. You know, it's a very, very bad sin. I will go to hell. This is what he is telling. And then Krishna tells in the entire Bhagavad Gita. And he turned away from that and on the eve of the battle, I roused. So Krishna is telling Uddhava, see, I told Arjuna through proper reasoning. I gave him perfect understanding. I gave him a reasoning. This is what it is all about. Why you have to fight this battle? Why human beings have to do what they got to do in this world? The main essence of the Bhagavad Gita is to do your job or what we call as the duty in this world. Every human being has been given a duty. The duty could be just cleaning the streets. The duty could be becoming the prime minister. The duty could be anything. Today the duty could be to be safe at home. That's a duty. Or the duty could be to go and save the poor children. Anything can be the duty which God has created for you. God has actually appointed you in that place to do this specific duty. And you got to be very truthful to what you are doing. So if you are doing a particular job, not the job of some company of yours, I am not talking about that, the duty in this world, for whatever reason that you are here, you may be here to fight a war. Who knows? So that is a specific duty to you. So the Bhagavad Gita says, you have to do your duty diligently and never run away from it. Never. So just do it. These three words, just do it, it doesn't enter anybody's human head, you know. No brains. People don't want to listen to this. The duty has to be done. Come whatever may. You may not even get benefits, by the way. You will get zero benefits. You know, there are lots of people in this world who do the NGO kind of work. You know, they go to different, different countries. They go to all the African countries and some some other nations and then they serve over there in different capacities. Sometimes they are the Red Cross, sometimes they are the, you know, United Nations representatives, sometimes they are in different, different places in Europe, in India. So they are helping around. You think they get paid? <laughs> Most of the time they don't get paid also. Sometimes they get paid. But when you are doing your duty, you are not supposed to be bothered about payment. So Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, you do your duty diligently, but do not bother about the end results. 
See, there are people like Mother Teresa. She did fantastic work. If she was doing it for a job, as a representative of some great organization, then she would have earned millions of dollars. You cannot say that, you know, she won the Nobel Prize because she did this. No, that is not the way the Dalai Lama is doing today. There are various other people who are literally helping the whole world. So, these people are there. But they are not there because they have to win some prize or because they have to make some money. Whatever job that you do, it is not about the money or fame or fortune or nothing like that. You got to do your job diligently without thinking about the result. If you are fighting a war, you should not be bothered whether you are going to win or lose. You have got to fight it to the nail. Very, very diligently. If you are earning, if you are working for a company, you got to work very hard. If you are a father or a mother who is taking care of their children, you got to be the best parent around. What is my duty? My Guru Dev told me my duty is to teach. And from the day he told me, I am teaching. I only teach spirituality. I don't have to bother my head about other things. It is not about money. I don't even have any money. I am not bothered. It doesn't require specific clothing. It doesn't require specific kind of positions. I don't have to become some uh, PhD in some great, uh, you know, big uh, degrees or something like that to become what I am. I can just be a very simple human being and yet perform my duty. Got the answer? So there are many a times people who believe that they got to achieve certain objective, then they will do. No. If the duty comes in front of you, you got to do it. This is the essence of the Bhagavad Gita. And then Krishna says one more thing. Let us say, you say, I am not going to do this because this is so stupid. Alright. So Krishna says to Arjuna, see, if you fall down on your duty, and say with arrogance, with your ego, I am not going to do it. Then the problem arises where the universe, you see, I am there in the universe in some different, different forms. And your own nature. You have a nature which is specific to you. Your own nature will make you do those things. And when you do it after saying no, 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 no to whatever you are supposed to do, that is called sin. You got to do it just like that. Without raising any objection. If you got to do it, you got to do it. That means if you are a housewife and if your job is to take care of the house, now, I am saying housewife. There could be a house husband, you see. In today's day and age, we can't say much. You are supposed to look after the children. You are supposed to take care of the house. You are supposed to see that all payments are done. And you are supposed to drop the kids to school, bring them back. You have to do your job diligently. And don't keep on cribbing. I have to do all these things. Don't say these words. That's your job. Got the answer? So this is in, in short 
what Krishna taught Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita. So this is what he says. And how did he go about teaching him? So this is one of the chapters which is there in the Bhagavad Gita as well. So how did he teach him? So now the same question has been asked by Uddhava to Krishna when Krishna is dying. His last words, you know. So he's asking him, can you tell me in what all forms you come? So verse 9 from the Uddhava Gita says, O Uddhava, I am the self of all creatures, their friend and lord. I am all creatures and the cause of their birth, life and death. This is the first time in this book where he says these words. Now these are God's own words. Okay, He himself is saying these words. Many a times people have asked me, how do you know what God has said? You know, there are skeptics. There are people who don't have any faith or belief in the system. And they will ask this question, ah, I don't believe in all these things. Well, do you believe in Harry Potter? Do you believe in Star Trek? Do you believe in Star Wars? Oh, no, those are some stories written by somebody. Well, where did the stories come from? They have written the stories because they were able to think about those stories. Right? Very good. Now here, scriptures scriptures that is these religious scriptures that we are talking about like this one the Bhagavatam if J.K. Rowling could write about Harry Potter so she is an expert on Harry Potter correct? you agree with me? so Vyas Dev Vyas Muni is the expert on God got it? He is the expert who has written about God. So if you can believe that Harry Potter's expert is J.K. Rowling's, similarly the expert on these scriptures are the sages and the saints who have written these beautiful texts. How did they happen to write? The question also will come up. Okay, in case of all these storybooks, the author thought about it maybe spent some time creating their entire story and then they wrote it. The same was not true for the sages. Now in the sages case, this data, these stories of God or this information, whatever scriptures that we are reading today, they have been passed down Ages after ages after ages after ages in the form of Shruti. That is, a person will hear and they will specifically keep to that. Then they will pass it on to the next generation word to word. See, they have called their own Children, that means they, they cannot have children. All these sages were not having children as such. They were called Guru Putra. Now, who are these Guru Putra? The Guru Putras are nothing but their disciples who are like their children. 
and they have passed down this knowledge to them. So where did this knowledge originate? The knowledge originated from the Vedas. Right at the beginning and slowly percolated it down further, 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 further till the point it got written. Alright? So they are genuine scriptures and they have been authenticated by all our sages, saints and God himself. I hope you understand that. So these are true. We have to believe in the scriptures and that is why the faith in the scriptures is a necessity. It is 100% required. So whatever Vyasdev has said to his son Sukhdev and Sukhdev in turn has said it to Parikshit and this story is there. This entire story where Sukhdev is telling Parikshit that Krishna said these words to Uddhava. So they are true. So Krishna's original words they are. So what is Krishna saying? Krishna saying, I am the self of all creatures. So we started the beginning of the satsang saying, who is this self? And I told you that the self is the God within every human being, human being, creatures or whatever. So in all this creation, there is the self and that self is me. I am that Lord of this thing. I am that little essence in you. The self, the God within you is me. I am their friend and the Lord. I am the one you lean on. So every time when you have to attempt a problem in your say mathematics class, I am the one who comes to help you with the solution. If you have a problem with your girlfriend or boyfriend, you know I am the one who is giving you the solution. If you have a problem with your parents or relatives, I am the one who is giving you the solution. I am the one who provides you with the answers when your boss asks you certain questions. That self within you. I am the one who provides everything to you. So I am the Lord of all this. And he says, I am your friend. Please understand, I am your friend. I always help you when you are afraid. I am the one who is there for you. When you think there is nobody around today, I am the one who is around you. So don't worry about it. I am the cause of this birth, life and death. You were born in this body of yours through your mother's womb is because of me. I am the one who was responsible for your birth. I am the one who is sustaining you every single day of your life. I am the one who is giving you food, your air to breathe, your water to drink, your relatives, your friends, everywhere. I am in all these people by the way. So I am the one who is literally supporting your universe, your small universe that you have. And I am the one who will finally kill you as death. <laughs> So, your the end of the story also is in my hand. See? Huh. <laughs> so, Krishna is saying, I am the all in all for you. So, verse 10. 
from the Uddhav Gita chapter 11. I am the motion of the moving and amongst conqueror I am time. Of virtues I am the even-mindedness and in things possessing attributes I am the primary attribute. So now he has given four definitions which are four broad definitions. So who is this self in you? So the first answer he says, I am the motion of the moving. When you move your body, when you move anything, when this earth is moving around the sun, when the sun is going in the solar system, when the water is moving, when the leaves are moving, everything in this universe is moving. Including the atom. Isn't the atom? Is, you think the atom is just sitting over there doing nothing? It is moving. The energy which is there in the batteries. Your cell phone is working. The electricity is there. Everything has some motion. Right? This activity, this motion is me. I am the one who moves everything. I am the conqueror of and among conquerors I am the time. You see everything is conquered by time, isn't it? You have seen great kingdoms arise and after some time they are completely demolished. Eighth, yesterday was the day, the signing of the end of the world war. There was a great speech given by Winston Churchill signifying the end of the war. Those of, the speech is available online, you can go and check it out. Everybody surrendered. The world war ended. The allies united and they were able to defeat the opposition. Now think about it. All this was done. Right? Time has passed by. The war started and the war ended. So many wars were fought after that also. The problems came and problems went away. People died in that. Some people were born after that. You, you see, in olden times, say 50s, 60s, they were called the flower children. <laughs> right? Beetles and all that. 60s, 70s. Now we call people millennials. Now the millennials also have become old, by the way. <laughs> and there are those who are born after 2000. They are also called by some other name. And they are saying, this is our world. Another 10 years later, they will also become old. And somebody else will say, this is our world. <laughs> everybody wants to claim the world. You see, everybody thinks that they are the boss of this world. <laughs> but what they don't understand, it is the time which is passing by. <laughs> the time passes by. The time is the king. Okay. 
you yourself will notice it in your own life that you don't have any control over anything. You may say, you know, okay, I'm going to catch this train. I'm going to catch this plane. People had thought that they will have some nice holidays during the summer vacation. Okay, this is the summer vacation going on. This is May. Well, where is your summer vacation by the way? You are confined in your house. No summer and no vacation also. And you thought that, yes, I'm going to book these hotels. I'm going to do go to this place. I'm going to travel here. I'm going to travel there. My children are here. Okay, so many great stories which people have thought of. And time is the one who completely destroyed it. Everybody came with ideas. I want to do this. I want to do that. And in one stroke, everything got wiped out. There are jobs which have got wiped out. I can blame the pandemic, you know. I say, okay, because of the pandemic, you know, all the stores are closed. Everything is shut down. There is no production. There is no vehicles available. Nothing is available. Nothing is moving. Isn't it the time which is the most essential factor over there? Like this. And time went away. It destroyed people's dreams. It creates people's dreams. Man is born, man dies. There is no idea whether he lived also. How many people remember? Even the Churchill story which I told you, how many people actually know what has happened? Because it is, it's before my time, you know. Alright? If you are a millennial and if I ask you, do you know what are the different things that happened during your age? Uh, duh. You know, people have this habit of saying duh. <laughs> what do you mean by duh? You don't know everything. Time passed by. You're becoming old. <laughs> so Krishna says, I am that time. Remember that. I control the time. You know, one of the very beautiful facts about time is for human beings, time moves. But I can tell you just now, time doesn't have any factor called movement. I explained it a few days ago. I will explain it to you in few words. If you are on earth and today's date is 1st of January 2020, let us say, there is a distant star out there which is one light year away. So today, 1st January, you are seeing in 2020, you are seeing what happened in that particular star. The light travels one year later. So what you are seeing is 1st January 2019. Correct? So where you are standing today, you are at 2021st January, you are seeing on that star what has happened in 1st January 2019. And right now, that this given moment, the star explodes. It dies. You will come to know only in one year later. Because you will only see that star exploding in 2021. So time for you, you think it is today, 
yesterday tomorrow what so this is a very simple explanation for you to understand that time is a very relative quantity nobody understands and krishna says i am the time i am the even mindedness in you you should not move here or there don't take that thinking you know i i can do this or i can do that and i feel very happy with this or i feel sad with this no you have to be even minded we will be talking about even minded more so and in things possessing attributes i am the primary attribute whatever is your primary attribute okay i have gray hair people when they look at me they will immediately identify with my gray hair my dark skin these are the things the qualifiers isn't it attributes if i eat a lemon atta <laughs> sar isn't it attribute of a lemon attribute of water cool attribute of the sun heat isn't that attribute there so every object has an attribute not it so if you look at a hero or a heroine you know what their attributes are you know the attribute of your president or your prime minister you don't know that isn't it that is how he is getting identified or she is getting identified so the attribute primary attribute is me i am the primary attribute in everything if sugar is sweet i am the primary attribute called sweetness got it this is an explanation to this verse so we have come to the end of verse 10 tomorrow we will start verse 11 onwards and i will see you all tomorrow again at 6:30 am indian standard time take care of yourself you have a very good day